Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the Union Naval. And to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Well, welcome everyone to uh, another edition of the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline, filling in for Alan today, pundit. (laughs) I'm not a perfidious pundit, I hope, but you're probably tired of those as as, uh, Alan's opener talks about. That always gives me a tickle. I'm a commentator, columnist, all-around rabble-rouser, and we're going to start right off with our first guest. I'll have some comments a little bit later in the hour, but right now we have on the line Dr. Rick Mehta, healthcare professor with Georgetown University, former FDA official, and former Republican senatorial candidate. We got a lot to talk with him about. Dr. Rick Mehta, thank you for joining us here on The Alan Nathan Show. Hey there, great to be on. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm telling you, boy, you cover a lot of territory. I get stuff about you all the time. And let's just start right off with this little nugget that the media does not want to report or uh, or anybody to know. And then, of course, that is the most suspect, suspicious thing of all. That news organizations are start well, they're starting, just starting to admit that natural immunity is better for COVID than the jab. Some of us, including you, knew that all along, but the media weren't telling us the truth. What do you say? Yeah, I think the media has finally been forced to admit what us scientists and epidemiologists have known for quite a long period of time, and that's specifically that infection-acquired immunity cuts the risk of hospitalizations and death from COVID because people make antibodies. That's how your body works for the general population. Unless you're immunodeficient, uh, you've been exposed to a virus, you're going to be producing antibodies. And I'll tell you this, and this is something they haven't been talking about, but the fact is that the booster shots of the vaccine don't even cover the current strain of the variants that are floating around. So you have a higher chance of being more protected by getting infected or exposed, your body reacting to what you've been exposed to, uh, than being uh, artificially injected with the vaccine of which the strain isn't even the current strain. So, yeah, good for the media, but really the mainstream media seems to always be about a year behind what everyone else knows. At least, at least a year. Now, what I'm going to do is promise myself and our listeners, I'm not going to go where I always go, which is why have they been suppressing good news about the the, uh, pandemic? Why have they been suppressing uh, effective treatments and pushing ineffective treatments, including the vax? Maybe I'll let you comment first on that because I encourage all our listeners to keep asking that very important question, why, and then we'll get to more more issues because that's what's behind a lot of this. Always leads to the same place. Is it malicious or is it incompetent? I know what I think. What do you think? 
maybe it's perfidious. Um, you know, it's <laughs> good one. <laughs> you know, it's a, the media's narrative. You know, they've been in this narrative where they continue to push uh, as like a single public health issue agenda, you know, really top down from the Biden public health agency saying, you know, vaccine is the only way to save your lives. And now that narrative continues to unravel uh, and can no longer hold water because the entire medical community uh, is saying the opposite. And so now they're having a hard time uh, saving face and maybe they don't like eating crow, but that's basically what it's come down to. And they have punished physicians who've gone against their narrative that the average public is seeing with their own eyes doesn't work, doesn't prove true. Um, Look at frontline doctors. A whole bunch of physicians have risked their medical license to talk turkey about what's actually going on instead of non-physician bureaucrats who are punishing physicians. You know, I never thought I'd live to see a day like that, but uh, please comment on that if you would. Well, first, I love the the bird jokes, right, coming from bird flu. But, you know, what I'll have to say about this is that, you know, a lot of public health uh, first responders, uh, police officers, uh, healthcare workers, so many of them lost their jobs because they didn't want to get vaccinated. They weren't issued a religious exemption. If you see what's going on in New York City right now, over 1,800 were terminated for not getting vaccinated. Uh, and now they're reporting that if they've been exposed, and I'll tell you right now, it's endemic. Probably every single person has been exposed to COVID at one point, whether they got sick or not. Uh, so they pro- everyone probably has antibodies, just like you would with any virus or any illness. Illness, uh, and they were fired and terminated simply for not following orders, for not uh, listening to the government and not being mm. controlled into doing something not they obeying. didn't feel comfortable doing. <laughs> the not government. obeying. Correct. Yes. Uh, now you, so, you know, it's dangerous. You know, dangerous you, path we've gone down. Uh, without a doubt, because uh, anybody, we, we've seen that people are not trusting these alphabet agencies at all. You kind of interrupted yourself, and I do that all the time, so I know what that is, when you said now the people in New York City who are not vaxxed are being, you were about ready to make that clear. What's with them right now in New York City? Well, so they're not being reinstated into their positions, and so there are lawsuits that are going on to say, well, now you've dropped the vaccine mandate. What about those 1,800 employees, many of those that risked their lives when this outbreak first started, when we knew nothing other than it came from China, we knew nothing else about this virus. They risked their lives. They put their neck out on the line. Nurses, doctors, and others now being terminated because they, the government thinks they know better for them when at the time we trusted our healthcare workers. They were our heroes, and now they have nothing, uh, and they're not being reinstated. And so, you know, that I think is a travesty. You know, the, the mayor should, uh, you know, reverse course on that and allow for these folks to be reinstated with back pay uh, just for simply being terminated because they didn't uh, follow directions on a vaccine process that didn't even necessarily help public health. Well, heck yeah. And uh, shouldn't they be charged with practicing medicine without a license, these bureaucrats? And this uh, practice of, oh, you don't obey us no matter how ridiculous it is, is happening not just in healthcare workers in New York, but military as well, right? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the government has used this as an excuse to inject themselves into the patient-physician relationship unprecedentedly. Uh, You would think that, you know, you would want to protect, you know, the doctors would know best about their patients and patients would know best for what their own needs are. Uh, But you saw, again, with emergency use authorization, the pushing of unapproved vaccines under an emergency use. You didn't have proper labeling about the product to inform people of the risks and the benefits, right? Every product is dangerous unless you balance the benefits with the risk. And if you don't know what the risks are, how do you mitigate them? So they were just blindly forced to comply, get vaccinated. This is something that we need to do to protect our community. And we knew that wasn't true. Early on, we knew we weren't going to achieve herd immunity. And yet the same public health narrative uh, and policy was pushed down to say you have to get vaccinated. And slowly it changed into I'm going to tell you what's best for you versus I'm the government and I'm going to help protect my community (laughs) at large. Right. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Yeah. So, you and, know, that's the problem here. And, and our constitutional rights and our framework of laws have suffered for it. Yeah, terrible. And and to say nothing of the fact the patient's bill of rights, which isn't exactly a law, but it's common sense and it's common decency about not pushing a medical treatment on an individual against their will and without informed consent. I want to go back to something before we have to take a break. Can you stick around for another segment for us? Sure, happy to. Uh, Dr. Rick Meta, thank you so much for that. Uh, it's been said, and I don't know if it's true. I mean, I, you're a perfect person to ask, that you were talking about herd immunity, and yet we've seen these inordinate amount of deaths in uh, the uh, CCP from COVID. Is it because they were locked down for so long? Uh, What do you attribute this to, do you think? Well, the first thing I'll say is that you can't ever trust the numbers that come out of the Chinese government. Um, And and this is from uh, personal experience working at the FDA and overseas inspections. We know that they put out false reports. So, you know, is there truly a high number of deaths? Um, Is there a new virus? The thing we know about COVID is that it does have gain of function. It does mutate a lot uh, and that there it continues to uh, evolve. So we don't know what numbers are coming out of China, uh, truthfully, but it might be because they were locked down for a long period of time. Ah, wow. You know what? It looks like we have to leave it there. We have another guest I didn't know about. Dr. Rick Mehta, thank you so much for joining us. Healthcare professor with Georgetown University. We appreciate your time. We'll be back with another guest right after this on The Alan Nathan Show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You may have never heard of it, but C. difficile or C. diff infection is a highly contagious bacterial infection that the U.S. CDC declared a major public health threat, which results in an estimated half a million infections each year. C. diff infection takes hold in the gut microbiome, and debilitating symptoms may include stomach pain, nausea, fever, and severe diarrhea. If you get C. diff infection once, Dr. Dennis Durrell, Executive Director of Hospital Medicine, American Physician Partners, LLC, says there's a good chance it will come back. 
Up to 35% of people who get a C. diff infection may get it again. This is called a recurrence. After that first recurrence, up to 65% may get C. diff again. Rebiota is the first and only FDA-approved microbiome-based treatment to prevent recurrent C. diff infection after you've taken antibiotics for recurrent C. diff infection. It's a single-dose treatment administered in minutes during one visit to your doctor's office. Talk to your doctor to find out if Rebiota is right for you. To learn more, visit rebyota.com. Rebiota Fecal Microbiota Live JSLM is indicated for the prevention of recurrence of Clostridioides difficile C. diff infection in individuals 18 years of age and older following antibiotic treatment for recurrent C. diff infection. Limitation of use. Rebiota is not indicated for the treatment of C. diff infection. Important safety information. You should not receive Rebiota if you have a history of a severe allergic reaction, e.g. anaphylaxis, to Rebiota or any of its components. You should report to your doctor any infection you think you may have acquired after administration. Rebiota may contain food allergens. Most common side effects may include stomach pain, 8.9%, diarrhea, 7.2%, bloating, 3.9%, gas, 3.3%, and nausea, 3.3%. Rebiota has not been studied in patients below 18 years of age. Clinical studies did not determine if adults 65 years of age and older responded differently than younger adults. You are encouraged to report negative side effects of prescription drugs to FDA. Visit fda.gov forward slash medwatch or call 1-800-332-1088. Please visit rebiota.com for full prescribing information. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking, but no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time Ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at PVA.org. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline filling in for Alan today. And uh, if you'd like to access the archives of the Alan Nathan Show, just go to uh, 
www.mainstreetradionetwork.com and you'll find loads and loads of shows of the Alan Nathan Show. Well, uh, next on our list is someone we've had before. He's written for The New American, prolific writer for over 10 years, a contributor to outlets such as The Hill, The American Conservative, and The American Thinker. His name is Selwyn Duke, and he joins us right now on The Alan Nathan Show. Hi, Selwyn. How are you? Oh, just fine, Karen. Great to be with you, and how are you? (laughs) I am doing well. I was looking up, boy, I had two articles that are, I'm just going to give the title of this article because it's sort of along the same lines, but it is just so valuable and people need to read it. Quote, article title in the New American by Selwyn Duke. The military prioritizes diversity while our enemies focus on killing us. Uh, And the second one, which we're about to talk about right now, you're welcome to comment on either one. You wrote them, is the new Jim Crow under Biden, straight straight white men need not apply. Talk about that one first, if you would. Sure, sure. Well, Karen, you know, it's interesting when you're dealing with presidents or government in general, What you have to worry about are not the things that the media talk about so much, but the things that happen behind the scenes that don't get a lot of attention. And this is a very good example of that. Basically, what happened was last Thursday, Joe Biden signed into law this new executive order, number 13985, and it has been called something that's going to institute the largest racial tracking bureaucracy since the fall of Nazi Germany. Now, what does it state specifically? Well, it states that within 30 days, so they're going to get this going very, very quickly, every federal agency, every single one must have an agency equity team, okay? That's going to coordinate implementation of equity initiatives. And these teams are going to report, Karen, to something called the Gender Policy Council and the White House Environmental Justice Officer. Now, what are we talking about here when we're talking about equity? Okay, many people know, some don't. Equity is a term that has been rebranded, and basically now it's a euphemism for officially sanctioned discrimination. So what's happened, as you know, is that the liberals who talked about equality for decades and decades and decades, they never really meant it. It was all about, as Rush Limbaugh used to put it, get even with them-ism when they were talking about their Mm -hmm. affirmative action and quotas. But they were talking about equality for decades. Now they flipped on a dime, and now they talk about equity. And like I said, all that is is a Trojan horse for anti-white, anti-male discrimination. And it's amazing. Like I said, they've turned on a dime doing this. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Well, one of the things that I love about talking to you is that you talk about what's really going on and not what they say is going on. Okay. Uh, Number one, I have a friend who calls this another term for it. Rush Limbaugh is perfect. Revenge racism. It's a very good one. Mm. Um, And, and so If we're looking at, because nobody with any brains believes that what they say is going on and why they're doing something is really the reason. We can only speculate and surmise and keep looking again and again. So with that in mind, Selwyn, let's talk about why they would want to weaken the U.S. military. 
and have only yes men who will take the jab. And um, they don't care about the effectiveness of the military. They, they care about the political correctness of the military. There's got to be a reason. It can't just be race. There's got to be a reason. What do you think? Yeah. Well, look, obviously, these people are enthralled to their left-wing ideology. They're operating, many of them, on an emotional level. However, if you're a conspiracy theorist and you're going to look for the darkest motives, and certainly these exist in certain people, you have to think that, obviously, if you want complete and total control over your society, you have to control all the levers of power. Now, of course, that would be culturally academia, the media, entertainment. The left has long wielded power in those realms, right? We know that. Now the left controls most of corporate America. It controls big tech. We know that. That's why big tech is censoring people such as you and me. But you need more than that. You also need, if you want total control, to control the boots on the ground, okay? And of course, that would mean you want to control, for one thing, the military. Now, how do you control the military? Well, you make sure that you put people in there who are going to be amenable to facilitating your police state. So you want to drive out the traditionalists, and that's happened to a great degree. I mean, we saw under Barack Obama that he was replacing generals and other higher-ranking officers with lackeys who would facilitate his left-wing agenda. But we also see how traditional men have been alienated from the military. I mean, they're having a recruitment crisis right now precisely because, I would say, the military has become so woke that red-blooded American men, the kind of men you want to have in there, no longer want to join up. And so then you're left with people who, again, might be good foot soldiers for the left. And by the way, this is also why the left is trying its best to seize control over the police, why there is behind the scenes this movement to nationalize the police. It's all connected. And again, I want to mention most people who are involved in this may not be thinking along these lines, but if you're talking about the absolute darkest motives, then yes. Well, they could be, be the useful are. idiots. You know, yeah. maybe they bought into a little bit of the wokeism, but the fact remains this is a chilling idea, and we now know that it was the FBI and others who called it conspiracy theorists. We're watching evidence of what you're talking about every where, including that they don't just stop there with amassing power. They abuse power to uh, bully, intimidate, and persecute their enemies. Case in point, parents who don't want their kids being taught racism and CRT in public schools, they don't want uh, uh, gender dysphoria being uh, taught in public schools, and for their trouble, they're being called domestic terrorists. So you have to look at it in a greater context, and uh, it's impossible to look away when you see evidence of it all around. Uh, what do you want to say, Selwyn? We we only have a couple minutes about this this idea. Is there anything we can do about the new Jim Crow under Biden and uh, instituting bigotry? Uh, in hiring practices? Anything? Well, all we can really do, Karen, is to try to spread the truth, because unfortunately, the mainstream media won't even tell people about this. It has been terribly underreported. So that's the eight ball that we're up against. Very, very tough yeah. thing to fight, isn't it? 
because we're fighting the spirit of the age. Like I said, I mentioned before how the left controls all these levers of power in society. And these levers of power, again, academia, media, entertainment, big tech, they make sure that people don't find out about these things. (laughs) That's right. You're You're a great guest. Tell everybody how they can find you. And read more. Okay, I have a website, SelwynDuke.com. I'm also at TheNewAmerican.com and elsewhere. Love like having Catholic you on. Show sometimes. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Selwyn Duke, thank you for joining us. Well, uh, we're going to move right along with a guest who will talk to us. Well, I'll let you know that in a minute. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show on the Main Street Radio Network. I'm Karen Cataline. Stay tuned for more. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. The new Mayo Clinic diet has been named among the top diets by U.S. News and World Report. Dr. Donald Hensrud, medical director of the Mayo Clinic Healthy Living Program, explains what makes their program so effective. Our new Mayo Clinic diet, built by a team of doctors and medical experts, focuses less on counting calories and more on empowering users with the knowledge and ability to maintain a healthy weight. Members get access to exclusive content and videos from real Mayo Clinic doctors, healthy recipes, tracking tools, and the popular Habit Optimizer that helps users substitute old unhealthy habits with healthier ones, all through a mobile app. Instead of fad diets or crash diets that rarely work for very long, our book and online program and app helps you adopt principles for a healthier way of life, which is really the secret to long-term success. Curious to know how healthy your diet is? The Mayo Clinic has an easy three-minute quiz. Go to mayoclinicdiet.com to find out. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. <gasps> what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. This forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Plant puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, 
underemployed or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome, everybody, to The Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline. Moving right along, I do believe we have our next guest who, uh, let, let me just set this up. Many people believe that the uh, uh, freest states in the Union are Florida and Texas, and a lot of other people believe that, God forbid, if Texas goes woke, there goes the country. Well, here to talk about the actual state of health and liberty in Texas is my next guest. Brandon Waltons joins us, Capitol Bureau Chief and Managing Editor of Texas Scorecard. Welcome, Brandon, to The Alan Nathan Show. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Well, it's good to have you. So you put out a, uh, a newsletter called the Texas Scorecard, and uh, you track these things pretty carefully. How is, you know, for people who don't live in Texas, and, but why should they care about what's going on in Texas? And what is the state of the health of liberty in that state of Texas? Yeah, so as the largest, you know, red Republican state, um, a lot of what happens in Texas certainly sets the trend for what can happen nationwide, right? I mean, we hear it just about every, especially presidential cycle, that, you know, if Texas goes blue, uh, I, there's not really a map where Republicans can win nationwide. And so uh, certainly there's a lot of responsibility and certainly a lot of eyes on Texas as, a, as the state that is supposed to be this conservative leader. And to be clear, right? I mean, when you compare Texas to a lot of states like California, New York, et cetera, uh, certainly 
certainly Texas is a more conservative place to live, but I think some people would be surprised by, uh, by, by just how much some of the left's um, actions have really crept into the state, especially over the past, uh, you know, 10 years or so. I mean, we're in, we're in a case now where, you know, uh, the universities and state agencies are being infected with this uh, diversity, equity, inclusion nonsense. You know, Texas is, is, is one of, uh, is one of, is the state where not only do we have child gender mutilation happening, but Texas is actually kind of a destination for it from states from around there. And not only that, but Texas is one of just a handful of states that currently is still three years later in a state of emergency from COVID. And so you look oh. at some of these things, I think people would be just surprised about, you know, how kind of the, 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 the reality sort of defies a little bit of the myth that we've seen nationwide. Texas is still in a state of emergency? I mean, even yeah. Joe Biden, heaven forbid, is is uh, ending that in May. I, I'm shocked to hear that. Uh, has anybody made a case for or or called uh, the bureaucrats to account for why that is? And what are they getting out of maintaining that? Yeah, so, you know, the state of emergency is essentially, you know, uh, it was how, how it started was, you know, that was what was used to keep Texas businesses locked down. You know, Texas was uh, pretty big as far as lockdowns go. When you even had states like Florida opening back up, Texas had, you know, its mask mandate, statewide mask mandate for, for a long time, had its business closures. Um, since then, uh, and especially because the, the governor, Greg Abbott, was in a, a bit of a heated primary election last year, um, you know, he started to use it to sort of flip it on its end where uh, cities, uh, as he was opening the state back up, some of the cities and counties were wanting to close back down. And so he's kind of using the orders uh, to to say that, uh, well, no, cities and counties can't do mask mandates. And so kind of flipping it on its head a little bit. The problem with that, of course, comes down to, you know, that's not how the government was designed to work. We do have a part time legislature in Texas. They meet for 140 days every two years. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, back in 2021, the Texas legislature came, they were here, they left, and they did nothing to, to take over the reins. You know, the, the idea of an emergency order, right, is, okay, maybe something that, you know, two weeks or so, two or three weeks, uh, and then the legislature can, can take care of it. Here we are three years later, uh, and that still has not come to an end. Wow. Uh, and And can you speculate as to why that is? Is it at the feet of the governor, or what do you suppose is going on that Texas is not as principled uh, on liberty as, say, Florida? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, now you have our, our, our governor saying that he wants to see the legislature pass. It's kind of funny, you know, he, he was the one who did COVID orders and shut businesses down and did mask mandates. Now he's saying he wants to see the legislature pass uh, bills and vaccine mandates to end all of those the mandates uh, for good. A lot of the things that he sort of implemented himself, but 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 he wants to see that legislation passed first before he removes his order. Um, but you know the interesting thing with that is, is is again it just goes back to you know every single day that we have this uh, it, it certainly undermines you know the the elected state you know state lawmakers uh, in the state capitol often undermines those folks that, that people did send there. Are your, is your organization doing anything to pressure the governor's office to stand up 
for liberty because to the extent that they don't, and this is true of all states, the federal government will come raining down on these states. They have to put up really strong barriers because the federal government has it in for states that love liberty and hate tyranny. Certainly. And we certainly see that, you know, kind of come to play in some in some other uh, facets as well. Right. Of course, Texas shares the longest border, for example, with 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 Mexico. Uh, And right now you see, you know, the federal government not doing uh, not doing much to to help stop the the flood of illegal immigration. (laughs) I think they're starting the flood. I think they started the flood. (laughs) Uh, We have a guest next week. Uh, hour that's going to talk about that at great length. I mean, they they pretty much opened the borders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, before we end, I mean, because there's so much to talk about here, uh, many people around the country who watched Beto get defeated in Texas really couldn't believe that Beto would even run in Texas. Uh, and so mm-hmm. it didn't give the voters many choices for anybody even more conservative than Governor Abbott. They had to go with Governor Abbott, which was, I guess, sort of unfortunate for the people of Texas. No? Yeah. yeah uh, you know, I think that, uh, I think that, you know, depending on people's perspective, you know, a lot of people do think that we do have a primary process, but you know, uh, the reality of the fact is, is that, you know, uh, uh, Governor Abbott, I think has got one of the biggest war chests, right. Of any, of any governor right now, statewide millions of dollars. Um, and so you expect him to be able to have an easy time here. Uh, but it really does go back to, you know, when you see those races between, you know, Beto O'Rourke, for example, is a great example. I mean, you know, we're, we're not a state where Beto uh, is going to get the governorship. But, you know, at the same time, there still are issues that, that do need to eliminate and do need to be worked on. And we try to yeah. put a spotlight on that at Texas Scorecard. Yeah. And and that's why it's so great that you're doing that, because with a governor who's kind of, you know, weaselly, and answering to a lot of forces that um, are giving him money to institute leftism in the state of Texas, the pressure to keep on the pressure of a governor like that cannot be underestimated, can it? Yes, and it's you know, and it's uh, we're we're a, we're a citizen-led government, right? And so people do need to get involved and do to make the voice heard. Um, and, you know, that doesn't just go for Texas. We focus on Texas, but that goes for everybody in all 50 states. Well, and you gave me the opening in our last minute or two to talk about to people of other states that are listening to this. Of course, we are nationally syndicated and talk about what people in their states can do uh, uh, to strengthen perhaps a not a very strong Republican legislature and governor. I mean, it's a whole different kind of thing to deal with, uh, say, state of Colorado, which is my home state. I don't live there anymore. That has been completely taken over by leftists. They are California wannabes. And so for states who don't want to become California (laughs) and Colorado, what can they do where they are? Well, I think that, uh, you know, one of the biggest things, a lot of people pay attention to what happens in, in Washington, D.C. They pay attention to the president race. And obviously those, those are important races. But I think if more people started paying attention to what was happening in their state houses, um, you know, uh, the, the good thing is, you know, these, these members, right, of your, of your state house or state senate or assembly or, or whatever your setup is in your state, 
Uh, they generally have a much smaller electorate, right? They've got a smaller constituency, which means that it's a lot easier to actually affect those races when you when you go out there and go door knock, you know, for candidates, et cetera. And so uh, if we can start, you know, gaining control of these state legislatures, it really trickles down from there. And so I think that that's probably one yeah. of the biggest ways that people can get involved. Well, we have to wrap it up there. Tell everybody how they can get on your mailing list, learn about what's going on in Texas, or how they can do more in their own state. Yeah, absolutely. We're at TexasScorecard.com. You can sign up for our email list and uh, see all our articles there. Um, TexasScorecard.com. Very good. Brandon Walton's Capital Bureau Chief of Texas Scorecard. Thank you so much for joining us. We so appreciate your time. Well, Uh, I'll have a couple of thoughts about something I've been watching right after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline. Stay with us. In December, LastPass, a popular app for managing passwords, suffered a security breach, potentially exposing millions of people's personal information. When a business created to protect passwords gets hacked, it's a reminder how vulnerable our sensitive information can be when stored in the cloud. And for businesses who need to protect data, security is a top concern. To help prevent security risks, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud recently introduced a password manager, JumpCloud's Antoine Jabara. Businesses cannot always rely on an offline solution as users need to share and access passwords across multiple devices and cloud-based options aren't ideal either. JumpCloud Password Manager takes a hybrid approach, storing data on users' devices and seamlessly syncs user vaults to multiple devices in an end-to-end encrypted way. This addresses some of the limitations of cloud-based systems and bridges the gap between convenience and security. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who who got got his his first first job, job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. 
I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me? Would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy, it's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all gotta help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're gonna be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A.org. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline, commentator, columnist, all-around rabble-rouser. If you'd like to join me, follow me, or uh, write, you can even do that. Just go to Karen at KarenCataline.com. That's my website, but Karen at KarenCataline.com. If you have a comment, a thought, uh, something you'd like to hear on my show, or um, something you disagree with, you know, we still believe in disagreement around here. Unfortunately, there is a growing number of people in our government who don't and who want to punish people who disagree, and and that's deadly dangerous. So here's something uh, that I think uh, counts as disagreement <laughs> with the current left. And somehow, if you state uh, that you are not for the kind of cultural change that they're forcing on America, you are considered an anti-anti person. Anyway, there was a headline that I saw this morning that I thought was, my goodness, talk about real climate change. The the climate is changing because hell has seemed to have frozen over. And what I'm talking about is a headline here and an audio. I didn't bring any audio tape with me, but you can go to the Liberty Daily 
and find this or just uh, DuckDuckGo, whatever is your search engine for this headline. And (laughs) this might sober you up if you have been having a little bit too much beer lately. And that is this. Putin calls out the West for normalizing pedophilia, sexual perversion, and destroying the family unit. Did you ever live to think that you would live to see a day when a Russian leader, who we all grew up thinking the Russian bear, communism, communism, is now less communist than our own government and more appalled by the sexual abuse of children and the degradation of the nuclear family than our so-called leaders in America. Now, you may be asking yourself, how can she connect the sexual abuse of children and the degradation of the nuclear family to communism? Well, you don't have to speculate about that because Antifa, and I think it is Black Lives Matter, have done the hard work for you. They've told us, uh, the leader of Black Lives Matter, whose name escapes me at the moment, but she does have about four mansions around the country, said that they were trained Marxists and that their goal is to destroy the nuclear family. Put those two together, ladies and gentlemen, because they are not unrelated. We've been watching the degradation of our culture, of moral uh, of morality in general, as as well as personal responsibility and basic moral truths for a long, long time. Uh, Selwyn Duke, our last guest, talked about the uh, taking over. They've always had Hollywood and higher education and even now K-12 education, but now they're taking over corporations, the military, the police, because, you know, there's never enough control for the communist ideology. And uh, the connection between a strong nuclear family, a strong male head of household, which has been under attack since at least LBJ, when LBJ instituted the welfare state in, and, and validated in the Obama years with the Julia being taken care of by the government from cradle to grave. You may remember those, co- those commercials. Um, that's supposed to be a good thing in which women who've had children either out of wedlock or uh, divorced are now marrying themselves to the government rather than a man. Uh, the attacks on masculinity in this country in the last several years have been legendary. We've seen it start in Hollywood, but it's never ended there with terms because the left loves terminology. They love, you know, alphabet letters like ESG and CRT and ABC and LGBT and all of that in order to change the culture. It was, um, um, uh, his name escapes me, doggone it, uh, that, that politics is downstream from culture. His name will come to me in a moment. But uh, the idea, what's really going on here is the bastardization and the denigration of, well, decency and moral turpitude in this country. That's what 
paves the way for the kind of communism, the kind of tyranny that we are watching overtake this country before our very eyes. It doesn't look like it's related, but it is. Uh, a word about the sexual abuse of children, confusing children. This is one that is so, so uh, deep and profoundly of concern to me. You may know that I'm trained as a social worker. I did work with adults who were abused as children. And the notion that you can confuse children about their gender, uh, expose them to pornography, which would be a crime in any place else but in public schools, uh, drag queen story hours, and it never ends there because it is a slippery slope. Now, and the slippery slope, ladies and gentlemen, is real. Now we have hospitals and medical establishments, supposedly, who have abandoned their Hippocratic Oath and are doing mastectomies on nine-year-olds. So when Vladimir Putin, of all people, now I watched some of this video of Putin giving a speech in Russia, and there's no doubt that he has a political agenda to uh, stick it to the West because the West is sticking it to him and using Ukraine as his as their proxy. Now, that's what he has charged, and we can see that that's true because there isn't any amount of money that is too much, Biden has said so, to spend and to give Ukraine. Now they're talking about sending tanks into Moscow. Who's starting World War III here? You know, where are the anti-war people? There are some, but they're not getting any play now because now Democrats are the warmongers in this country trying to, uh, you know, I guess I don't know, but it doesn't look like Putin uh, wants to play the game of the Great Reset and he's being punished summarily. That's what seems to be going on. So if you ever thought that... You still can't, you can't believe it, that you lived long enough to see a Russian leader admonish America about morality. There you have it. There you have it. So uh, we're going to take a break and top of the hour break. And when we come back, we'll have more of the Alan Nathan Show. Stay tuned. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. 